Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, rocking with you on a Thursday. Yins already know the drill. You want to chime in anytime over the next two hours. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions. You can find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. Dubai. What up, Motesy? Holla at your boy. Man, I think we done jinxed this weather, man. <laughs> was yeah, right. nice and sunshiny. Now we got the overcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It's not that bad. I mean, it's well, still it's not like. That bad, it's not as hot. Right. Right. It's like we'll low 80s, that. which is fine. Yeah. But you're right. I think we're supposed to get some some uh, some rain later later this afternoon and into the evening. So maybe we did kind of jinx all the nice things we were saying mm-hmm. about that Western Pennsylvania weather yesterday. But it better hold off for a little bit, Motsi, because I got some ribs to smoke when I get Ooh, home, okay? So, okay, I like that. I mean, I guess I could put the awning out, you know, but I'd rather just yeah. stand in the natural light. <laughs> got to do that, man. It's more it's more real that way. Arthur Motes, we have some real news to discuss. Some real football, some real NFL say, news. So have we had fake news? On the, on the well, contrary? not fake news, but just, you know, not, <laughs> not you know, this is it. We've got some non, we're not mining for content news here. We never mine for content. We are the content creators. You know that. <laughs> uh, 12 players in the National Football League with the franchise tag unable to reach long-term deals. Yesterday was the deadline, Arthur Motes. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Those guys either got to play on the tag or sit out, I guess, right? Those are the only Correct. only two options. You're now past the, uh, the, the deadline to... Uh, to have a to uh, to reach an agreement on a long term deal, I guess is the the words that I'm looking for there. Um, again, uh, 12 guys that will play on the franchise tag in 2020: uh, Dak Prescott, AJ Green, Justin Simmons, Yannick Ngakwe. If he ends up staying in Jacksonville, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Joe Thune, who we talked about on the show earlier this week, uh, Brandon uh, Sheriff of uh, the Washington yes. Redacteds. Never heard of him. Hunter Henry of the Chargers, our very own Alvin Bud Dupree here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Leonard Williams with the Giants. Anthony Harris with the Vikings. Judon, Matthew Judon with the Ravens and Shaq Barrett in Tampa Bay. Uh, Derek Henry and Chris Jones able to get long-term deals going. But let's start here in Pittsburgh before we talk about some of these other guys. Arthur Motes. Uh, Bud Dupree going to have to play on the franchise tag in 2020. Um, I guess, one, you surprised at all that a long-term deal wasn't worked out, or did you kind of expect this? And number two, is that the right call from the Steelers' standpoint? Um, It was definitely expected when you factor in the fact that they still have to pay Cam Hayward. You know T.J. Watt's coming up. They're obviously going to want to do something with Juju, potentially uh, depending on how this season goes for him, especially. But then you still got guys like Mika that are going to be coming up as well. So it was just a lot of money that's going to be needed to be handed out. And right now, the contract that Bud is going to demand just off of his play alone, I think is going to price himself out of the Steelers range, which is ultimately why they didn't right. go to extend him right now. Now, obviously, things could change, but I just don't see that happening for him here in Pittsburgh. 
Now, in terms of was it the right thing to do from a business standpoint? I mean, if you're prioritizing, obviously TJ Watt is priority number one. Cam is another guy that mm-hmm. has been extremely productive, especially these past five years. He's going into the last year of his deal. So you definitely want to handle him. And I think that's how you go in that order. And unless Bud was going to take a crazy discount, which I don't recommend at all, I don't think that it, it was smart. Fit. I mean, I don't think it would have been smart on either side right. to get a deal done in that regard. But this is still going to be a best-case scenario for both parties. Um, obviously, Bud better than himself last year. It worked out great. And he was able to get the franchise tag this year where he's going to get 15.8. And uh, I don't think they've ruled on him trying to be classified as a DN just yet. If I'm, I, I don't think yeah, so. I think, I don't think right they have that. Yeah. that kind of arbitration Correct. is still out in the, yeah, up so, in the air. So it could be an additional $2 million on top of that. Either way, he's he won that debate that or he won that bet right there, that gamble. Now this time around, plays on the franchise tag. All he has to do is go out there and at minimum, at minimum, get seven or eight sacks and he's going to go break the bank when he hits the open market because that's what pass rushers do, mm-hmm. especially in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. So either way, he's going to win. When you talk about from the Steelers standpoint, you're rooting for him. If you're a Steelers fan, you're rooting for Bud extra hard because the more he goes out there and produces, not only is it going to make your team better this year, but the comp pick that you'll receive because of the contract he'll demand. So if you're a Bud hater, I suggest you hide that right now, okay, and root for him on an even bigger note (laughs) because we've seen that a lot too where they're quick to say, well, oh, man, he's not good. It's just this or he's not that. It's just that. You better be rooting for him right now because that's going to get you the comp pick that you everybody loves around here. Love those comp picks. Yeah. Got to have them. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, a great point by you in that regard. If I had to, you know, I don't know, let's say it on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the chances are still that Bud Dupree could end up in Pittsburgh on a long-term deal? Pretty low? I'd say 3 or 4. Yeah. And that would be worst-case scenario for Bud, meaning he either went out there and absolutely stunk it up, hmm. so his market has dropped, and now they can pay him at a very, very affordable rate. Maybe a two-, three-year deal absolutely. or something like that. Or the contrary would be him getting injured in some way, shape, or form where sure. he missed a substantial amount of time. Market is cold because of the injury. You go ahead and take a deal and come back to Pittsburgh. Like I said, both of those scenarios are absolute worst case for Bud. So I don't see that happening. That's and why I have worst it case a for the Steelers too. Yeah, right? because, because that means he didn't have the year that we all hope yeah. he can have. And then that means that you either had to rely heavily on an Alex Highsmith, oh, uh, Ola Adani, or yeah, Tazar Skipper. I mean, not saying that they won't be good players, but right. as it sits today, they're not better than Bud Dupree. Right, and you so, don't want to have to rely on those guys as we absolutely. sit here today. And especially in this type of all season, you don't want to do that. Right, with the, the lack of prep time and, and everything else. And I know we've said this stat on the show before, but Mike Tomlin estimated a loss of almost 900 snaps for the Steelers if you include rookie minicamp and OTAs and minicamp. And yeah, it's certainly, you know, Arthur Mutz, I think I'm the first one to ever use this term, been an unprecedented offseason. I never heard unprecedented right? off season. I've heard unprecedented times. There we go. Ahead of unprecedented the curve. Unprecedented off season. Ahead of the curve for the National Football League. Uh, certainly here in the summer of 2020. Some of these other guys, Arthur Motes. Uh, I want to ask uh, your confidence that they end up with their team long term, like what we just talked about with mm-hmm. Bud Dupree. Let's start with Yo Boy, Dak Prescott. Motsi, is this Dak's swan song in Dallas? Is he off to hit the open market after this year, or is it just a lot of? Uh, maybe posturing from both sides, both camps. No, I mean, I, I hope that he's off to hit the uh, the open market next year because he's going to break the bank, and I guarantee he'll get something just 
out of this world. You thought yeah. Mahomes did was crazy. Let let Dak Prescott hit the open market and have another season like he just had. He will get a crazy deal. But there's that's not going to happen because they'll franchise tag him again before that. I mean, but either way for Dak, he's winning because he's supposed to get, I think it's going to be close to $78 million yeah. on two franchise tags back to back. Yeah. I don't want to say it's posturing. I think that it's just bad or mismanagement. When you think about you draft a guy like Dak in the fourth round, nobody said that Dak was going to be anything like this. A, a stable quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a, a guy starter that, since day one. Absolutely. And a guy that when you talk QBR, if you want to go down the list, He's top five in everything when you talk QBR and just whole games versus winning teams versus losing teams, fourth quarter performances, comeback performances. I mean, he's efficient. He's effective. He gets the job done. So for me, man, when, when I think of all of that, and this is your a guy you found in the fourth round, that should be priority number one to pay. But, I mean, when I say it's mismanagement, the Cowboys could have done this deal two, three years ago. Yep. They paid everybody that didn't need to get paid yep. ahead of time. And now the one guy that does need to get paid, now it's almost like they want to say, hey, well, because we overpaid and set bad precedents with these guys, mm-hmm. we want to change it and rectify it with you and overcompensate in that regard. You don't pay Deke. I mean, you don't pay Zeke when you pay Zeke ahead of time. All the other guys, we can go down the list of the guys that have gotten paid a year or two early that mm-hmm. weren't priority number one. They don't account for wins and losses like Dak will. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just think it's mismanagement on their part, man. I don't really think it's posturing, though, because Dak has a very, very valid argument. For sure. And he, I mean, dude, franchise quarterback, he was getting paid $4 million. I think he was getting, what, four, $4 million over the whole span of it, I oh, want to yeah. say. Oh, yeah, he was making like yeah. half a million dollars Absolutely. a year like, that's on a base joke, salary. Man. Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. So if you're Dak, no, I'm not I mean, taking had, any type of discount. He had backups on his team, <laughs> right? That, that made more than him, three times as yeah. much as him. It's like, man, you you took a hometown discount for four years. Now we need reparations. Yeah, I, I need my money back. Pay up for these and, last, and some for these last four years, right? It lets you be irresponsible with yeah. the Tony Romo dead Absolutely. money and the Des Bryant dead Come money on, man. and the Jason Witten dead Come money on, when man. he went away yeah. for Monday Night Football for a year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not taking that loss again. No. It's, it's a it's a gross cap mismanagement mm-hmm. by by the Dallas Cowboys for sure. Better them than us though, Motsi. I tell you what. How about Shaq Barrett in Tampa Bay? Is he 27 years old, right? So still in that sweet mm-hmm. spot. Is he? Does he just need one more big year and then he can get the the, the long term? Is it maybe uh, similar to a Bud Dupree situation, right, where they just want to dangle that carrot in front of him for one more year before he gets the big payday? No, I think he'll get his. Uh, I think he'll get a good payday. I don't think it's going to be groundbreaking just because. I mean, he was very productive this season, but watching him, he's still not like a Von Miller, Khalil Mack type. Where you just it right. doesn't matter the scheme, it doesn't matter the call, he's going to win. He's not there just yet, but he is a really good pass rusher. He's been productive even in his opportunities that he had while in Denver. Granted, they were a smaller sample size, but he, he's been a very consistent player. So I do anticipate him getting a deal done next year. I mean, I don't anticipate him having 19 and a half sacks again. No. Although, I, like I said, man, I, I, I'm not even going to lie. Close, though. I, 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 I would – be impressed if he went and got double digit sacks again, honestly. Just yeah. because, like, knowing the type of player that he is, obviously, like I said, because Joey coached him at, at Colorado State, right. we watched him a lot. When he got to Denver, we watched him a lot because that's Peasy's boy. So seeing him, studying him, knowing his game, for me, if I can see him get another double digit sack season, I think that'll be really good and on par for him. And he'll get paid after that. 
of all these other names here that we mentioned, Justin Simmons, Brandon Sheriff, Leonard Williams, A.J. Green, any of these guys stand out for you as, yeah, I think they'll be back for sure with their Matthew Judon. I think uh, – Is there any name on this list that you think, you know what, yeah, he's going to play on the tag this year, but he'll get a long-term deal done with his team? I think Judon probably has the best chance just because when you look at their roster, he is their alpha pass rusher. He is, I mean, realistically their alpha linebacker. <laughs> so when, when you talk about that, that's not a guy that you want to allow to hit the market and leave you because then you have to go play the, the, the draft gamble again and hope you can find somebody. I think who's out, uh, playing opposite of Judon right now is – um. McPhee, right? Parnell McPhee. Correct, Parnell McPhee. Yeah, he's definitely past his prime in terms of his better years. That was the first stint with Baltimore, not this time Mm -hmm. around. So Mm -hmm. a guy like Matt Judon, who's been productive, who's been a consistent person on your defense, you don't want to let that walk away. Yeah, it's a good point by you, too. Especially when it's homegrown. Homegrown, and they've recently kind of had a revolving carousel at their edge rusher position. You'd think they want to kind of lock that down here while I think we can all agree, as much as we hate to admit it, admit it they are in a Super Bowl window in Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, as it stands right now. No, I think that's that's a fair call uh, by you, Arthur Motes. On the other side, we're going to talk to our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, good friend of the show, you already know, joins us every Thursday. We've got to ask him about some of this Bud Dupree stuff, the Miles Garrett contract, so a whole bunch to uh, get in here with the Batman on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. The good football talk continues with our buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hour one, segment two on a Thursday, and that can only mean one thing. We go to the phone lines, our good friend of the show, our day one from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Brian Backo, kind enough to join us as always. What's happening, Batman? How's uh, how's things at the Batco estate? Things are great. Uh, tomorrow, young Batman, Dawson Batco, will turn six months old. He'll be halfway around the sun for the first let's go i like forward to celebrating the half birthday tomorrow i like it major milestone baby you got any big plans time go yeah (laughs) seriously i mean are you guys you guys gonna hang out at the back of a state pool or what are the big plans for the the first half birthday yeah no big plans due to uh the the covid uh environment but i'm sure we'll we'll come up with something we'll we'll hang out with the little guy make him special because his birthday's in january so you know, you can't really enjoy the great outdoors or have any fun in the sun uh, during his actual birthday. So we'll have to make it up for him here in July. I like it. I mean, knowing you, you probably just rent out Kennywood or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm all over that mode. That's Kennywood and Sandcastle. I was going to say, more, <laughs> of a, more of a Sandcastle guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Backo, no long-term deal. We're past the deadline for Bud Dupree. Uh, probably not much of a surprise on your end, though, right? No, I think that's the right move by the Steelers. But I also want to give credit to Bud. I think he handled this whole thing really well from from the jump, too. I mean, you go back to last season, and I think when that idea started getting brought up more and more that this would be a savvy move by the Steelers and he was the ideal candidate to play on the tag, he always said the right things about it. 
anytime you're a player going into the final year of your deal, especially a starter, you're going to get asked about that a, a lot, you know, starting in training camp and then through the end of, of week 17 or the playoffs whenever your season ends. So uh, credit to Bud for, for never really stepping out of line with that. And, and even yesterday, uh, you know, me covering the, the franchise tag deadline really for the first time because the Steelers didn't do it last year when I first started on the beat. I mean, there was no drama. It wasn't like two years ago when it was the second time around in a row for Le'Veon Bell. He ends up uh, putting out a tweet saying he was disappointed. The Steelers put out a statement saying they looked forward to having him in 2018. And, and we all know how that ended up. Uh, you even look around other players in the league this year who didn't get the tag or excuse me, did get the tag, didn't get the long-term deal. You know, maybe they were tweeting some disappointment, or in Dak Prescott's case, his brother was <laughs> tweeting disappointment in the Cowboys. So, uh, again, tip of the cap to Bud for making it a drama-free experience for everyone uh, and keeping it all business. Now, staying with this uh, topic of the tag and with Bud Dupree, do you see a scenario where he could potentially get a long-term deal come next year? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, he would have to, to probably hit a pretty small window of production to make it work for both himself and the Steelers because the catch-22 of it is is always going to be uh, if he underperforms, you're not necessarily going to want to bring him back. Uh, if he overperforms or, or even uh, sustains the success that he had in his breakout campaign last year, then he's going to want to probably hit the open market and see what he can get from a franchise that doesn't have a T.J. Watt on the other side of him rushing the passer. So uh, I, I think it's more likely than not this is the last year we see him as a Steeler. But hopefully for both Bud and, and the franchise, uh, he can go out with a bang and uh, continue to, to carry on the momentum that he finally generated last year in, in year five. Now, we were talking about this in the last segment, and, and you being the, you know, the, the real journalist, the, the real, uh, you know, the real guy out there doing real work amongst the three of us. Uh, any update on... You know, what's the word that I'm looking for? The I don't know if it was the, a grievance that he filed, but Bud Dupree, right, with his cla his position classification as it relates to the tag. Any update, any movement on that? Not that I've heard, but it's kind of a funny one because uh, the other guy who did it the other day when we heard about the Bud Dupree news, what, last Friday now, was Shaq Barrett from the Bucks, mm -hmm. and, and I don't think Barrett had uh, even said that he'd be signing the tender until – he also said at the same time that he'd be filing the grievance to be classified as a defensive end. The, the funny thing with Bud and the Steelers is, you know, we got the news back on, in late April. The Steelers made it official that he signed his tender. And, uh, you know, with the implication, I guess, that uh, the fact that we didn't hear any rumblings back then that that would be a possibility. Uh, it seemed that he signed the tender to be a linebacker, and that was that. Uh, but I can't blame him for, for wanting to maybe push for uh, an extra couple million, especially as he and his agent probably sees other players around the league doing that. So I uh, haven't heard anything on that topic. Uh, I mean, there's still some shoes that have to drop for the Steelers. You've got the rookie class that still needs to be signed. You know, that's going to take up some room on the cap. And uh, you've also got to probably look to get something done here with Cam Hayward now that the franchise tag deadline is out of the way. But uh, I think the Steelers will have the room to at least compromise with Bud on that the way that the Ravens did with Matt Judon. And speaking of uh, Cam Hayward, you talked about him coming into the last year of his deal and it's time to get him extension. How would you prioritize these players in terms of who needs to get paid first in terms of a T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, and a Juju? Yeah, most. I think that's the biggest reason why Bud gets squeezed out here. It's not that he's 
a bad player or, or someone who uh, was a one-year wonder. I'm not saying that, but when you look at the other guys that you're going to need to take care of here, uh, either in the immediate future or in the next couple years, I, I don't think he is, is anywhere close to what Cam means to this defense, what T.J. Watt means to this defense, and, and even someone I think still as young and promising as Juju Smith-Schuster is. So I, I'd have all three of those guys above Bud. I think T.J. has to be number one, although the fact that you, you still have a little bit of wiggle room with him on his rookie deal, uh, I'd maybe prioritize Cam over him uh, just so that you can go into this season with the peace of mind that he'll be back for another few years. But uh, with, with those two kind of jockeying for position at, at the top at one and two, I'd probably then go Juju because he's also going into his last year. Then I'd probably go Bud, and, and then you get into uh, some some guys like Matt Filer, who I think is a, an underrated key contributor on the line. But you do have some young guys behind him that you're grooming. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with Alvo and Nueva in the left tackle spot? And you know we didn't even mention him, but uh, you know in the next couple of years, Minka Fitzpatrick obviously is going to command top dollar uh, among safeties. So that's another thing that you have to plan for if you're the Steelers. Man, you're reading my mind bringing up Minka Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think means more to the defense, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, or Bud, I mean, or uh, Minka? Man, this is kind of like the conversation we were having last year uh, arguing over who would be the Steelers' MVP in 2019. I think you could make a great case for Minka. I think you could make a great case for T.J. Watt. Uh, to me, it's between those two, and, and especially, I mean, you can't separate that from the long-term uh, outlook for this defense, and, and that's why I would have those two clearly above Cam because he's, he's a little bit older, a little later in his career. Um, that, that's tough. I mean, I, yeah, we're not, I, I we not I'm saying in the future. I, I'm, yeah. saying, I'm not saying down the line. I'm saying today. I understand you, you're just going to discredit Cam because of down the line. We ain't talking two to three years. 29, uh, 2020 season. 2020. I still think it's what <laughs> just because of how – productive he was I mean he broke games open for you last year and just brought it on such a daily basis that, that I got to go with him and obviously in any defense it's crucial to get to the passer but in the Steelers scheme especially uh, you get that pressure on the quarterback and, and you're going to make the jobs for your defensive backs even a little easier and I'm not saying that uh, just anybody can go in there and do what Minka did to elevate this defense last year but uh, I still think it, it all kind of starts with Watt and, and he's the driving force, if that makes sense. I like it. <laughs> I think so, too. Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. Uh, speaking of T.J. Watt, different position, but similar type situations. I'm sure he was, uh, you know, not disappointed to see Miles Garrett get that huge payday, that huge extension that he just got, uh, what, five years, $125 million dollars. For you, Backo, is that something, again, I know technically different positions, right? Hand in the dirt versus edge rusher in, in a sense there. But is that something in your mind that, you know, when you see a guy in division that you've put up similar numbers as, similar age, do you think T.J. Watt was excited to see Miles Garrett get that huge payday? Yeah, I think he'd have to be. I mean, uh, that does seem like it's going to be the blueprint for T.J. and, and his representation when he comes up and – while they are slightly different positions, yes. Um, you know, same idea. You've got to get a guy that can get after the quarterback and, and create pressure for you. And I think with TJ, uh, you know, that you can even point to as opposed to Miles Garrett, he's been much more of a, of a model citizen. And it's not just the Mason Rudolph incident with Garrett. I mean, he's had other 
dust-ups in the NFL being accused of dirty play and being undisciplined at times. That clearly didn't stop the Browns from opening up the vault for him. So, uh, And it's, it's kind of like the way that spending is on quarterbacks, too, in the league or, or even wide receivers. You don't necessarily have to be the best at your position at any given time. You just have to be the next guy up uh, for a deal. So uh, TJ is going to be that guy soon, and he very well may be the best as well, even if the Madden ratings were, were kind of <laughs> uh, you know, throwing a little dirt on his name a little bit, at least the virtual version of TJ Watt. Now, I know this isn't, you know, Steeler related, but talking about Dak Prescott and obviously the tender, uh, the tag that he got, do you see him getting a long-term deal done with them or you think it's going to be his last year down, uh, last two years in Dallas? I still think he's going to get it done. I think Jerry Jones will do that because I'm a believer in Dak and, and even more so, I think I'm a believer in his supporting cast. So I think if we have a 2020 season, I, I think he's going to play well and I think the Cowboys are, are going to be pretty dangerous. So uh, if he does play well again and continues to improve, uh, I think it'll make all the sense in the world for them to uh, to go ahead and do that for him and, and secure him long-term. Now the problem is I'm sure they're going to want Russell Wilson money, if not more. And if you're the Cowboys, you're going to have to talk yourselves into, okay, Dak is it, it, you know, at least on Russell's uh, level or close to it. That might be tough to, to kind of self-persuade, but – uh, that's just the cost of doing business with quarterbacks in the NFL. and uh, We'll see if in 2020 he takes a big step forward uh, in showing that he can be a guy you win a Super Bowl with at that position. And uh, to me, uh, I just think it would be easier for the Cowboys to uh, take that lump financially uh, with Dak rather than try to, to rebuild and, and find your next guy. Unless, of course, it is Pittsburgh native and JMU grad. Talk about it. <laughs> there we go. I already called it, man. Sleeper pick, you know, for a first-time Pro Bowl, Ben DiNucci, man, taking over. Let's go. One of my good friends in high school at Shaler is, uh, is a cousin of Ben DiNucci. So, uh, I yeah, like him yeah, already I way back. I, I was on the bandwagon long ago. There we go. I should have known the backup was a Pine Richland sympathizer. I should have wow. known. I should have <laughs> known. You know, those Shaler hey, and those Pine Richland guys. Titan. They aren't, they aren't public enemy number one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, Mr. Backo, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on a discussion that Moats and I had on Tuesday. It's a real simple question. Um, who is more likely to have a Pro Bowl, all-pro type season? And I mean at their position, not as a returner, with all respect to Deontay Johnson. But if I told you that either Devin Bush or Deontay Johnson makes the Pro Bowl next year, all-pro next year, at linebacker, at wide receiver, who would you say is more likely? Devin Bush, hands down for me, and, and nothing against Deontay, but I think at it, it, his position and how much he's going to be on the field for the Steelers, Bush is going to have so much more opportunity to, to rack up the stats, put up the numbers that you need to get those kind of postseason accolades. I mean, they're going to be depending on him a ton. Now, that, that's, either, you know, that's a sink or swim proposition for a young guy going into only his second year, but when you're a, a top-ten pick, that's pretty much what's going to be expected of you when the time comes for you to step up. So uh, with Deontay, I, I think he'll be competing a lot more for the ball with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, healthier this season, maybe even better uh, than he was a year ago. James Washington, let's not forget, led this team in receiving last year with Juju banged up, and, and now you bring in a guy in Chase Claypool who, yes, will be behind the eight ball trying to contribute in a pandemic-shortened uh, offseason, but the, the physical traits still uh, make you think that they're going to want to give him a look here and there if he can help them. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm going with Bush. Uh, I think both uh, are, are pretty promising players, but you know, 
Bush is uh, he's he's going to have a lot on his plate in 2020, and, and we'll see if he's up to the challenge. All right. Well, while I have you here, one more argument you got to settle for uh-oh, us. Then. Uh oh. Real simple. Who, who did I side with on that one? Uh, me, I think. Yeah, because right? yeah, yeah. I went Deontay. Because yeah. you went Deontay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. Uh, actually, I thought you went Filer. I did. You did go Filer. Right. You did not go You're Bush. Right. Uh, Bush. You're yeah, right. That's right. I you didn't side with either of us. Deont- that's right. That's right. Because we talked about some some of the other linebackers, yeah. the other good young linebackers as well too. Uh, well, but Filer this wasn't an option for me to pick. But I know I that 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 was unfair. Yeah. Of, of course, he he would he would give you that type of janky scenario. I would have gave you the option of Filer or anybody else you would like to pick. Guys like it Guys like. Uh, who was the first time? Uh, Steven Nelson, I think we said as well. Yeah, yep. yeah I, I would have yeah. gave you more options. Oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to split hairs here. I'm just trying to divide a party, a two-party system here, Arthur Motes. Last one that I got for you, Backo. This was another thing we argued this week. If you're starting a team today, right, July 16th, year of our Lord 2020, you know, Madden-style draft, blank slate, you're starting a team, who would you rather have a quarterback? Ooh. Josh Allen or Sam Darnold? And I bet you can guess where we came down on this one. <laughs> Man, I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen. No! Talk about it! Let's no! go! <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest Bills backer uh, on Steeler Nation radio for sure went with Josh Allen. But I would have never said that probably until last season. And it's not even that Allen played great, but... I think to me, his mobility and his deep ball at least gives you something that you can kind of build around and work with. Like, I don't love either of these two guys, don't get me wrong, and that's why it's a, a very fair question that you might get a, a 50-50 split on if you ask 100 people. But uh, I just think there's a little bit more distinct skill set with Josh Allen that if, if you've got a good OC, you've got a good quarterback's coach, uh, you can kind of coax that out of him. I, I sort of wonder if, uh, if the Sam Darnold experience peaked a little bit uh, during his greatest days at USC, and maybe uh, people were figuring him out. Interesting. I love it. See, Mr. Backo's always got the takes, baby. Amazing job. Amazing job. I, I, I didn't hear one thing I disagreed yeah, with. Brian, that'll be it. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you again at the end of the season. Thanks for nothing. Oh, boy, I'm getting banned again. No, no. no. You got to stand an invite now, man. You're good. Yeah, that's right. You might, you, hey, you might have gotten banned from the Blitz, but, I mean, I think you're welcome to the Moats house. You know? I was like, man, you, you dropped the jam you referenced today. You, you oh, went with Josh Allen today. Oh, I mean, geez. you're good, man. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I like this vacation. And I guess I got to give it up to the 757 again. We've been beating hey. that drop the last couple times. Uh, that he's, he's Absolutely. He's touching all of his bases there now. There we go. Let's there see. we he's go. touching all of his bases. That's our guy. Good friend of the show, Brian Backo. Follow him on Twitter at Brian Backo. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. You can hear him here with us every Thursday on SNR. Read his work in the PG. Buddy, we appreciate your time as always. And happy uh, six-month uh, bir- half birthday to half the little a, man as well. Half a birthday. Thank you. The pleasure's all mine, guys. See ya. No doubt. There he is, Shaler's finest, Brian Backo. Kind enough to join us, as always, here on the Steelers Blitz. I, sh- I should have known, Mozi. I mean, he's always taken your side, that Brian Backo. <laughs> Ever since you banned him, you know, a couple weeks ago, he... And then reinstated his <laughs> – he got banned and then reinstated. And ever since uh, – He was kicked out the clubhouse. Now he's back. Oh, man, I thought oh, – He's thought come I back guns blazing, though, man. I thought I had him there. That guy's good. That guy is good. He's the best. Again, read his work in the Post-Gazette. Follow him on Twitter. Brian Backo, hear him here with us every Thursday. All right, Arthur Motes, we'll get into some more debates. But I think you and I will be on the same side when we return here because – That's debatable. NFL executives, right, front office executives have anonymous – Anonymous. 
anonymously, there we go, crushed it, anonymously ranked the top 10 edge rushers in the National Football League. And I got beef, Motes. You got beef? Oh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out when we return. We'll find out. On yes, the other know. side, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hit it! This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes is the hot stepper here on a Thursday having some fun inside the electric factory. But you know what, Motesy? We might have to put away the... uh, you know, the pleasantries and the smile and the ha-ha and the laugh-laugh. Is our guy T.J. Watt just keeps getting disrespected Uh-oh. after disrespected Uh-oh. after disrespected? It sounds like you got something on your chest you need to get off. Earlier this week, it was by Madden, right? Okay. And that putrid 86 rating that mm, they shout gave out to my Madden. boy. I mean, come on. Yeah, you know what's funny, actually? I After all that Madden talk we've done this week, I went home last night. I played Madden for like two and a half hours last <laughs> night. First time in a long time. And you know what I did? What'd you do? Because it's the last time I'm ever going to be able to play with him in the game. Mm. I started a, a franchise with the Washington Redacteds. Mm, okay. And I kind of like sold off all their assets, right? Wow. Except for Dwayne Haskins. You know okay. what I mean? Like okay. I, I kept I kept Jonathan Allen and Dwayne Haskins. So my question, you know, like, what uniform did you use then? Uh, the burgundy top with the gold pants. Come wow. on, baby. You already know it. What helmet logo, though? Mm. The one that also shares a nickname with a type of potato? I don't know what you mean. Oh, you'll just have to figure it out. Think about it. What does that mean? (laughs) Um, That's like my favorite thing to do in Madden. Start a franchise with a hapless franchise. Mm. Sell off a lot of their assets and tank for the first year. Okay. Right? And so I got Dwayne Haskins a little bit better. Yeah. I got Chase Young and Okuda both right in the draft. You a good guy because I Mm. hate losing at anything. Even in the video game, I can't can't sim. I'll just tank and sim the first year, right? I can't take it. So I, I ended up with like three first round draft picks uh-huh. um two that i traded for plus plus the one that they had i got chase young i got okuda and i got one of the tackle one of the offensive linemen i, I forget who you know and started a rebuild last night okay. with the with the washington football team um speaking of madden but mozi it was madden that had us fired up or at least me fired up earlier <laughs> in the week uh, today, Jeremy Fowler, you know, formerly of uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> you think here. You know a guy. You think you know, you know, this Jeremy Fowler, I used to see him from time to time walking to church. You know, our families went to the same church. I mean, Jeremy, man, we, we close, man. We talked all the time. Yep. It, we see him every day. My past two years at training camp, right? It was, uh, listen to this hallway of people. In our hallway at training camp, right? It was Jeremy Fowler's room, mm-hmm. my room, mm. Adam Crowley's room, okay. Matt Williamson's room. I mean, we, just, we just had a bunch of hooligans in that in that uh, that wing Man, of our, you, our you know, dorm. You there. know who was missing though? Arthur Motes, the guy who never gets an invite. Thanks a lot. Oh, I appreciate please. you. Like, man, you've man. been to Latrobe enough. Nah, I mean. man, it's cool, man. Maybe I wanted to come stay over there. It's that's cool. That's it's like cool. I think I've told you this. Hey. Have I ever told you my Jack Ham and the Latrobe story? No. Okay, last summer. Okay, so summer of 2019. Okay. I was about to go to Latrobe for the second time. Okay. The symphony was doing an all-queen concert. Mm. 
So my wife, my wife and I went to the symphony, all Queen music, right? Uh-huh. It was great. It was awesome. I like it. Sitting in our same section was Tunch and his wife. Okay. Yeah. So afterwards, we're like, hey, what are you guys doing? You want to, you know, go out? Tunch is like, we're going to Morton's with Jack Ham. You want to go to Morton's? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go to yeah. Morton's. Um, and so. Excellent choice, by the way. Excellent choice. Uh, Tunch introduces me to Jack Ham, and I'm explaining mm-hmm. to him because uh, Jack and his wife are big symphony people, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knows my dad, right? So I'm explaining to him who my dad is and who I am, and mm-hmm. I do a show for SNR and iHeart and all that stuff. And I said to Jack, I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be at training camp, you know, for the next the next few weeks. Yeah. Like, are you going to? Because he said to me, he said, hey, you know, if you ever want me to come on the show, let me know. I said, are you going to be at training camp? I, you know, I'll be at right, training right. camp if you. I'd love it if you just came and sat down with us for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he puts his arm on my shoulder and he goes, Wes. He goes, if you do the math, he goes, I spent over 52 weeks of my life in Latrobe, the training camp. He goes, I'm never going back, buddy. I'm never going back. Major respect. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's why I like that thing of you. You know, you spent so much oh, time yeah, you there. Absolutely like, like, yeah, grinding, that ain't happening, man. You, know, you, don't, you don't need to stay in the dorms with us anymore. You're staying in the dorms for real. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. <laughs> I, I never plan on staying. I think, I'm trying to think. I've had to stay there one time since I retired, and I was doing one of the, the fantasy camps. Okay. It was like I had to stay overnight. Did you stay in the dorms? Or they put you up in a hotel there. No, no, no. I stayed in the dorm. Okay. Yeah. But I was literally, I think I stayed in the dorm a total of, I'm trying to think, the night I slept there. Yeah. So seven, eight hours tops. I was in and out. I don't even think I packed anything. That's how, like, just, uh, yeah. Just, it's something about <laughs> yeah. the, the, as soon as I walk in, it's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> So, Arthur Motes, oh, we're, we're just airing all of our grievances here. Um, and I've got one with the NFL So you said all that to just to say I'm not on the cool invite list. It's cool. You invited Jack Campbell, but you invited Arthur Motes. Thank no, you. I invited right. Arthur no, Motes no, no, last cool, summer. He no shut up for one day. It was it's nice. Cool, you know? Yeah. He had one special day. I had yeah, one man. special day with Arthur Motes at training camp last year. Yeah. You know, I got to uh, ask him some questions like I was a real media guy. I know. It was weird. It was <laughs> Usually we do this together. <laughs> it was. You guys should have seen the look. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, last year Moats officially retired as a Steeler at Friday Night Lights at training mm-hmm. camp. And afterwards, um, there was a little, you know, media scrum to ask Motsy some questions yeah. of why he chose to retire with the Steelers, why his family, why he chose to stay in Pittsburgh, what he's going to do with the next years of his life, you know, besides rocking the microphone with me, of course. Hey, 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 hey. And you should have seen the look on Arthur Motes' face when he looked up and in that media scrum, I was standing there with my cell phone out, like, asking questions. And- Who is this guy? <laughs> it was a good time. Becca was laughing at me. We, we, had, a, we had a good old time. But Arthur Motes... Uh, speaking of, we'll go full circle here. Jeremy Fowler was there too uh, for Friday Night Lights last year, and Jeremy Fowler, you know, now that he's a bigwig with ESPN, he's got some <sighs> gra- he's now. got some gravitas, Arthur Motes. And he asked uh, NFL executives and coaches anonymously, of course, uh, to rank their top ten at all different kinds of position groups. Right? I like mean, they've you, done. you talk you talk about your your clientele. Cool. I always say execs and coaches, execs wow. and coaches. He went right <laughs> to the top of the list. Whoa. Um, fifty. He, uh, sorry, Jeremy Fowler asked more than 50 league executives, coaches, and scouts to rank top 10 players at 11 different positions. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, they've done quarterbacks, they've done offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, all that. This week, Arthur Boats, oh, edge rushers, edge defenders. And let's go over the list here, all uh-huh. right? Uh-oh. You want to start at the back for the for the drama? Let's start at the back for the drama. All right, number ten. I thought 10. you were a guy that starts right at the front and get it out the way. I am. All right, so let's start right at the front and get it out of the way. Fine, you're right. Why am I going to change now? Khalil Mack, number one 
on the list. Number two, Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals. Number three, the youngin, Nick Bosa of the 49ers. Number four. Hold on, you have four names? You ain't heard TJ? Okay, he won. Number four, Vaughn Miller. Denver Broncos. Number five, Miles Garrett, Cleveland Brands. Number six, the other Bosa, the other brother Bosa, Joey of the Los Angeles Chargers. Number seven, here he is, T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number Turned eight, down for Watt. Number eight, Frank Clark, Kansas City Chiefs. Number nine, Motsi's boy, Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints. And number 10, Demarcus Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys. Honorable mentions, Danielle Hunter, Zadaris Smith, Javian Clowney, Matt Judon, and Yannick Ngakwe. Arthur Motes, you got beef because I got beef. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, first off, do we start at the top of the list? I mean, when you got Khalil Mack at number one. Yeah. How? How? Like, and I love Khalil Mack. Yeah, I do. But how? Fan. After eight and a half sacks last year, how is he number one? And and this list is as like today. Today, right. Yeah. That Jeremy was important to note that he says right here the object of these lists are to identify the best players right now for twenty twenty. So this is not a projection. This is not an achievement award. Right. Who's the best today? Pretty simple. Those are Jeremy Fowler's words, not mine. Number one, Khalil Mack. I don't know about that, Arthur Motes. And I love <sighs> Khalil Mack. I do. I, yeah, Khalil's I, a beast, man. I, I but... love watching him play football. But yeah, after that, that the year that he had all, last man. year, I don't know about Khalil Mack at number one and Arthur Motes. I don't know about Vaughn Miller at number four. Again, he's the I'm best. With you 100%, he's, the, he's, man. The, he's the best pass rusher of his era. Yes, one hundred percent. But again, like Jeremy Fowler said, this is not an, uh, an achievement award. Mm-hmm. This is right now. And Von Miller's thirty-one years old. He's coming off an injury. Mm. He still didn't play in fifteen. He still did play in fifteen games last year. Only outright missed one game, but had eight sacks in fifteen games. Not Lo- enough. Lowest mark for him since his rookie season. I don't know. Those are the two. Those two bug me, Motsi. I think both of those guys deserve to be on the list, certainly. True. Uh, but Khalil Mack, not number one, and Von Miller, not in the top five. Because, see, I was going to say, if Chandler Jones and Nick Bosa were one and two, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Those would be my one and two. Right. I Chandler have Jones, an issue one, with that. Nick Bosa, two. That yeah. would be my one and two. Uh, Jones has had at least four, right? At least fourteen and a half sacks every year since 2015. I think. Yeah. Well, they say he like, had, he, since he's coming insane. to the league, he has the most sacks since he's coming to the league. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Since 2015, that's what it is. He averages fourteen and a half sacks a year yeah. every year since 2015. That's wild. Chandler Jones is number one for me, and number two, I would have Nick Bosa. But yeah, I again, I don't want to make it seem like we know what Khalil Mack and Von Miller are, but this is right, right now. now. Yeah. That feels a lot to me like if someone had Tom Brady and Drew Brees as number one and number two at the top of their quarterback like, list uh, right now. Not right now, buddy. It's not 2017 anymore. Right. Yeah. So let's let's take our uh, let's take our last break of the first hour here, Arthur Motes, and we come back. So wait, do we agree? Would you have Chandler Jones one and Nick Bosa two as well? Yeah, you're we, with Chandler guy. We agree on that. Absolutely. All right. So what would the rest of our top ten look like? And we'll get into a little Miles Garrett versus TJ Watt on the other side as well to start our number two. So keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. 60 in the books, 60 to go. Talking edge rushers to start our number two. So come back with us inside the Electric Factory at Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. 
This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Super califragilisticexpialidocious. Well, that's good. Me too. Euler Remotes, hour number two inside the electric factory, rolling along. Yin's already know to drill. Get those tweets in. We'll get to them this hour. We'll also have a little three-question Thursday. Come My up here. favorite thing to do on a Thursday. In about 15, 20 minutes, Yin's know how we rock on a Thursday. But we're continuing along with this top 10 edge rushers for 2020. All right, Arthur Motes. Number one, we got Chandler Jones. Number mm-hmm. two, we got Nick Bosa. Where are you going after that? Because I'm starting to look in the AFC North here. I'm starting to see two familiar names mm. here. Or are you maybe going with... Uh, I think it's a three-horse race right now, man. Is it? Is it? Is is this Khalil Mack coming to attention here for you? Is he part of that three-horse race? Who are the three nah, horses? Nah, my three horses are Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, and TJ Watt. Okay. Those are the three that I'm looking at right here, man. I think that's fair. I really do. I really do. Ooh, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa. Man, We're going to make some people angry no matter what we say here. Always. But who you got at number three? No, no, no. You're first. Ah, You're not Come on. Who you got at number three? Yeah. Right now, twenty. And remember too, right? This is just pure pass rushing. Come on, man! Stop being nervous, man. Just say what you got to say. All right, I'll go Miles Garrett three. Ooh. Because again, if we're talking the player, I'd rather want. Ooh. I'd rather have T.J. Watt. Right? I'd rather have what T.J. Watt brings to a defense as opposed to what Miles brings to a defense. But that's not this conversation. Ooh. This is just as a pass rusher. I'll go Miles three. I'll go T.J. four. I'll go Joey Bosa five and uh, Cleo Mack six. Uh, that's where I'll stop for now. That's okay, what, that's fair what, enough, that's fair what I'm thinking. So for me, I'm with you at Miles Garrett. Number three? Yes. You can put Joey ahead of TJ? When we're talking pure pass I mean, that, See, and that's uh, the thing. Like, that's as a again, pure pass rusher, pass rusher. Yeah. I feel like TJ is the more complete player in terms yes. of yes. rushing, dropping, run cover. I mean, run <clears> – no, <throat> excuse me, run support. Excuse right. me. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah absolutely. Hey, I yeah. think he does a better job of forcing turnovers than, than Miles or Joey. But, but I think if we're talking just traditional just rushing. rushing. Now, you can make the same argument that because Miles Gerd is a DN, 4-3 DN, he rushes every play compared to a TJ Watt who – as an edge rusher, you know, he, he's going to drop in the cover sometimes, things like that. Right. But then you can make uh, – I mean, there's people that make a, another argument for Miles Garrett and talk about the amount of time that he's doubled or or sometimes triple teamed. Whereas with TJ, because of the position, it's hard to necessarily double him on a consistent sure, basis. Sure, So that is something that people do make a debate about, just throwing it out there. That's, but a, for good, me, that's a good Professor Motes observation. A little, little, little caveat there. right there. Yeah, little caveat. That's right. So for me, man, I'll go Miles Garrett – I'm going to go TJ White just because I played with TJ and now my dog. Then after that, I'll probably go Bosa at six. Five. Five, excuse me. Yep. Yeah, five. Because I got, yeah. So Chandler, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. 
Miles Garrett. So our top at three, three is the same. Yep. And, and then, then I got TJ at four, Joey at five. Okay, so we're the same yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You're going Mac at six. I'm a Vine guy personally. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. But I've always been a Vaughn guy, man. Vaughn at six. I've always I, been a Vaughn guy. I love Vaughn Miller, too. I, I think... love Vaughn, and Vaughn, you, you helped me get married, so appreciate it. That's right. That's yep. right. You, you do owe him. I Absolutely. Mean, uh, I'll go Khalil Mack, six. I'll go Vaughn Miller, seven. Ooh. You know what, Motsi? I think I'm going to go to Marcus Lawrence, eight. Mm. You are disrespectful right now. Frank Clark, nine. God, I'm going to say, how long are you going to make that man wait? Who that? That guy Cam Jordan? I'm gonna, you know no, what? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Frank Clark. No, I said I'd have him at nine. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, saying yeah. how long was you gonna make him wait? Yeah, I'd have him at nine. So six, I got Max. Seven, I got Miller. Eight, I got D Law. Right? Wait, did I do that right? So then, yeah. So nine would be Frank Clark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Eight, Demarcus Lawrence. Nine, Frank Clark. And just a man with fifteen and a half sacks coming off of last season. You got him at ten. Yeah. You just don't but like just, anybody to hoop with the Saints. I just That's don't like anybody is, plays it for the Saints, particularly yeah. one that says Ben Roethlisberger isn't a future Hall of Famer. All right, sue me, Motsi. You know hey. how this works. You're the logic. Yeah. Right, we're like Pinky in the Brain. You know, you're it's the logic. Good, you're the logic. I'm the emotion. All right, I got Cam Jordan at number I'll 10. I man, 15 and a half sacks. Yeah, <laughs> what we talking about here? The only reason he's not hiding. Actually, so I said Vaughn is at six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have Cam at seven, man. That 15 okay. and a half is real. Yeah. And because of the position he's doing it from, man, yeah. like we know he's not a flashy player. He's not the guy that makes the quote unquote sexy pit. I mean, the sexy plays and stuff like that. But he's extremely consistent. And he wins. Yeah. He just wins. He, he's, I equate what Cam Jordan does to similar to what Cam Hayward does here in Pittsburgh. Yes. Doesn't do anything glamorous it's or not flashy. Always sexy. Right. When we talk about TJ, TJ has the sexy plays, the highlight real plays, the plays that make you say, wow. But Cam Hayward is extremely consistent and extremely productive, and people could argue he's more productive over a longer period of time as well. So that's what Cameron Jordan is to the Saints. So that's why I have him at six, and then from there I have Khalil Mack at seven. Then after that, Frank Clark is at number eight. Demarcus Lawrence at at number nine. (sighs) And who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Did you have you did have wait, did you not rank Khalil Mack yet? I don't think. Did no, you? No, 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 I did. Khalil Mack is after Cam Jordan. Okay. I just miscounted it. That's what it was. Okay. So if Cam Jordan is at seven. Correct. Yeah, because I said six. Vaughn is at yep, six. There yeah. you go. So Cam Jordan is at seven. Khalil Mack is at eight. Frank Clark is at nine. And then Demarcus Lawrence is at ten. Who would your first honorable mention be? I'm thinking either Danielle Hunter or Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, I'm going to Darius Smith. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good one too. Without a doubt. Yeah, he was coming up what thirteen and a half last year too, man. Yeah, I'm going Zadarius. Shoot, I probably go Zadarius and then I would go Preston. Yeah, yeah, back to back. Where'd you go? Where would you have Clowney on this list? He's a tough one to evaluate. The last two years with Clowney's not a man. I don't. This is my issue with Clowney. He reminds me of a teammate I had when I was in Buffalo by the name of Mario Williams. Yeah, all the ability in the world. A guy that can go out there and get fifteen plus sacks per per season because he's just a physical freak. Dominate, but. Sometimes their effort is put into question. Sometimes their motor, their overall desire to be great, their will to just be the best out there, it's in question at times. I'm not a fan of guys like that. So that's why when it comes to me ranking my pass rushers and stuff like that, he's not going to be very high on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, man, when, as talented as he is and, and the things that he should be able to do on a consistent basis, he should, he, I mean, when he got drafted at Houston, he was supposed to be better than J.J. Watt. The difference is J.J. Watt plays with his hair on fire every snap. 
Clowney doesn't. Here's the quote from a, uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, NFL offensive coordinator says that Jadavian Clowney, and I quote, is double teamed all the time, lots of touches on the quarterback, but he picks and chooses when he wants to play and play the run. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sounds like he's not on my top 15. Okay, so uh, we can both agree, right? We we both have Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, obviously, is the class of the AFC North. And both of us had Miles over TJ? Just in terms of rushing the quarterback. That's it. What do you mean? Because if, if you're I telling mean, you me mean? I could have either one of those guys on my team right now, I want TJ. Mean? Okay, why? Uh, better against the run. More tackles, better at okay. forcing turnovers, more versatile, you know, more that you can do with him. He can drop back into coverage. He had, mm-hmm. what, two or three interceptions last year? Yeah. Uh, forces more fumbles than Miles Garrett does. Okay. But again, if, if if we're just ranking guys on their ability to go get the quarterback, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd put Miles above. But like I said, give me TJ if we're talking just the player. You okay. concur or you disagree? Hmm. Oh, you got that Moats grin like you're about to tell Wes where he's wrong, where Wes was wrong. No, no, I, I just think the thing is this, man. <laughs> when people talk about a TJ Watt and some of the splash plays that he makes, a lot of that I do feel is due to the position he plays. Like, sure. Miles Garrett isn't going to drop in the coverage, so you talk about interceptions. Sure. I don't really care about the interceptions if I'm trying to get to the quarterback. You know what I mean? So I think that's the difference. But that's always the issue when you're trying to compare an outside linebacker to a DN. It's no different than comparing a DN to a D tackle. Right. It's like they are both great in their own right, but it's hard to compare them head to it's head. It's kind of like trying to compare a, a guard and a tackle on the or, offensive or, or line. Or who would you take? You want Bobby Wagner or Von Miller? It's like. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. They're both it freaks. It depends on yeah, what I, I mean. Like, what do defense. I need? Yeah. yeah. It depends on what kind of defense I'm running. I mean, I could win with both of them. Trust me. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing. So for me, it's kind of hard to say who I think is the better player. I think it just depends on what I'm looking for. And people make the argument, well, if TJ had 14 and a half sacks as an outside linebacker doing everything else, if he was a true 4-3 DN, his numbers would be better. That's not necessarily the case. A lot of times, man, when you're rushing a lot more, people are seeing you a lot more. People can study you and pick up on your moves a lot more also, man. So there are some other challenges of being a 4-3 DN, especially with your hand in the ground rushing every time. Your technique in terms of where you're aligned at, unless you're the old school Philadelphia Eagles with Trent uh, with, with Trent Cole and J- uh, Jason Babineau, where you're in the yep. wide nine technique. Yeah, the wide nine. Uh, a lot yep, of times, cocks in the right, middle. a lot of times you'll be Dude, rushing from a six technique, that. man. You'll rush from a six technique or you're in a five. Like, that's different then what you're doing as an outside linebacker in a nine technique on a tight end, outside of a tight end is a lot easier to rush than head up with that tight end. Just throwing it out there, man. I forgot all about that. Yeah, That man. wide nine with Babin and Cole. Absolutely. And- it, it, it was dope until they started running that ball inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that linebacker sitting there like, yo. If you're going to run, hey, run that defense, you better have a Bobby Wagner in the middle oh of the my field. Gosh, you better have a Luke Keekley or a Tremaine Edmonds that, that, in the middle of the field. That puts a whole nother level <laughs> yeah. of pressure. And it's funny. I used to not understand when I was early in my career, when I was playing a little bit of just like solely edge in a four three. I was always like, man, I want to be outside. Well, actually, excuse me, let me let me uh, backtrack. College playing DN, I would always want to be in the nine technique. I'm like, bro, why I got to get in a six? Like, yeah, I can rush from here. Yeah, I can play the run from here. I can win from here. But a nine is so easy. And they like, bro, it puts a bond on the backers when you're on a nine. <laughs> I didn't realize that till I got to Buffalo. In my second year there, Dave Wanstat takes over as the DC, and we switched to a four three. And we had new guys like Mario Williams, 
want to get a nine technique. I'm like, bro, no. It's not like, happening. get back in this six, man. I am uncovered. This is not fun at all. Like, <laughs> they are coming up right now, and you're rushing the pass <laughs> on the run play. You're not going to get a sack on the run play. But when it's going to happen, they're going to have two guys on me, and they're getting 20 yards right now. Yeah. This isn't cool. And I'm looking real bad. Yeah, in the man. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mario, hey, come on, man. help me out, baby. I'm telling you, that nine technique for the birds, if you're a linebacker, man, no, no, no. Ooh, you hate saying, I'm like, bro, no. If it's not hard 30, pass. if it's not 30 15, bro, get, get in the six. No, I ain't got time for that. Hard pass. I don't have time for that at all. Uh, as it relates to the division, right, if we yeah. get past uh, Watt and we get past Garrett, who would you have number three? Is it Judon, mm. or is it maybe uh, Dunlap or Atkins? One of those, one of those Cincinnati bungles. Well, you know, I'm not even gonna put Atkins because if I put Atkins, then I gotta talk Hayward. I don't want to do That's that. That's true. Like if we but had a podium, right? If we but have our AFC North podium, right? Yeah. And Garrett and TJ are already up there getting their medals. Who's taking the bronze? Because you can't have multiple from the same team. Is that what you're telling me? No, you can't. I guess you're, if you want to tell me it's Cam, if you want to tell me it's Bud, if you want to tell me who's the but who's the bronze medal pass rusher so in the for AFC me, North? At third, I'm probably going Judon. I think he's just been more consistent. But I think my honorable mention would probably because mm, now obviously we got the whole debate with a Dunlap, right? Mm-hmm. Is he a four three DN or technically mm-hmm. in their new scheme of a three four? He's mm-hmm. the the five technique, right? Similar to what Cam and Tua play here. Correct. Which is technically a different position. It is. So if that's the case and I have to declassify him, that means their edge rusher to Sam Hubbard, who Bud will pass rush circles around yes. him blindfolded yes. on one leg. Yes. So with that being said, man, I'll probably have Bud as my honorable mention to being okay. at third spot after Judon. So Judon gets the bronze. Yeah. Bud gets the honorable mention. He's standing on the floor. He the ain't cl- on the ball. Close but no cigar. Yeah. You, you know how you got like the when they do the top five or top six, you got the guys <laughs> on the floor just next to him. He's standing on the floor. He cool. It's all right. He's I still mean, that, that, that's way better than last year. I mean, the year before then, he wasn't even. I mean, he, he was the guy taking the pins on the fi- side. He wasn't in the final heat. Yeah, he didn't make the final heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Arthur Motes, I love it. I love it. Get those tweets in. Who are your top ten edge rushers at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two? The Body. When we come back here, we'll have a little three question Thursday as we continue to smile and laugh and have some fun here on a Thursday (laughs) inside the electric factory Arthur Motes Wesley Euler this is Steelers Blitz on SNR this is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR Time for three questions on a Thursday. Oh, let do it, Arthur Motes. It's can't wait. Our favorite segment of the week, dare I say? And we, I tell you what, Motesy. You know, <laughs> you know when you and I first started doing the show, you used to make the joke, "I'm the most humble guy you know." No, this is very true. I'm the most humble guy you know. You know, I mean, nobody's as humble as me. Just Not let me all, tell man. you. But I'm feeling pretty good about these three questions today, Arthur. Now, uh, normally I'm feeling uh, pretty good, but I'm feeling really good about we're these. We're going to find out soon enough. About these three questions today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Simple concept. Maybe if we picked up any new listeners who are unfamiliar. Uh, three question Thursday, usually during the season, I ask Arthur Motes two football questions that are not Steelers related. So mm-hmm. outside of the Steelers box. And then we have a third just completely outside of the box question that might have to do with pop culture or food or 
a whole plethora of different things to steal one of Arthur Motes's words from earlier in the show. But this summer, we've been kind of off the rails with this. All right. So these are kind of sports related. One of them's food related. Let's get into it. I'm excited. We talked on Tuesday, Arthur Motes, and a little bit yesterday, and it's even creeped into the show today, about Madden ratings, right? Yes. You know, the 99 club's been coming out. Mahomes is a 99, and Aaron Donald's a 99, and Stephon Gilmore's Gilly a 99. Is there anybody I'm forgetting? Who else? 99. That might be it so far that they've announced. Yeah, that's all they announced so far. It yeah. is a 99. Uh, so a simple question for you, Arthur Motes. If life was like Madden ratings, okay, would you rate your wife? What? <laughs> Would you stop it? What'd you say? If you had a 99 rating in anything in real life, what would it be in? Oh. Well, besides my strapping good looks, of uh, course. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously. I gave you 100. <laughs> I gave you 100 on well, that. Well, now maybe my shoe collection. Come on, bro. 99. I'm in the elite of the elite. Ooh. I'm in rare company. You talk sneakers. You are. You talk designer. You are. You talk dress shoe. You talk... Hype beast, you talk startup companies, you talk black owned companies, you I mean you name it, I got it. This is true. I'm with it all. I mean, you guys should have seen these kicks that Arthur Motes had on yesterday. I just pull up in whatever, man. Whew. Don't matter. Your shoe collection would be a ninety nine rating. Without That's pretty doubt, good. Bro. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know and what? I take pride in it too. I I'll, I'll be no, the I guy like if do. they gave me a ninety seven, I'll be pissed. Oh like, yeah, you'd be like, on first what? take screaming about yeah. it. You wouldn't be nice like Kyler Murray Not at all. was this morning. Uh-uh. I'm tweeting. Uh I've got two that I that I thought Arthur Motes. Uh, being loud is the obvious one. <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. I'm just, uh, I, if I had a dollar, not even. If I had, okay, let's say a dollar. For every time my wife told me to, to quiet down, I mean, I'd have Patrick Mahomes money. I mean, I mean it's kind of like you, I equate it to the, the person that has the headphones on and they try to talk to you with the headphones on and they can't hear that they really like – Bro, yes. take the headphones off and we hear. That's yeah. yeah. That's how I speak yeah. in normal conversation all the yeah. time. That's why if you look at the levels on our soundboard here, <laughs> Motsi's up way higher than I am because I scream and yell 24-7 all the time. I was on, on all my sports teams growing up, I was the vocal guy. Like in college at parties, I was the one whose voice you could hear from halfway across the house. I've just always been loud. It runs in my family. I would have a 99 for being loud. I also think Arthur Motes, to give myself, you know, maybe a little credit here. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I think when it comes to tailgating, I'd have a 99 Ooh, as well, too. Wait a minute now. I mean, I throw it down, buddy. I was about to say, I, I didn't got my tailgating skills up. I, I got just, the I got the yeah. Weber tailgate grill. Okay. You know, I got one of those Yeti fancy coolers that holds ice for okay. like 16 straight uh, so, weeks. So you 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 are 99 in the sense that you you bring in the party. You ready I'm to roll. I'm bringing the party. I'm ready to yeah. go. Yeah, I got the cooler packed. <laughs> I got the... Cornhole yeah. boards. I got the sound system. See, I got the food. See, I'm 99 in the sense of I'm there to jump on cars. We gonna wreck something. <laughs> yeah, burn some couches. Oh, whatever it needs Morgan to be Town done. Style. Come on, baby. Well, you you gonna know I was there when it's over with. You and I yeah. still we still I still gotta get you down to a football game. I, hey man, I'm looking forward to it, man. Whenever we can accomplish it, trust me, I'm looking forward to it. Would you you talk to your people at JMU? All right, tell them you gotta they gotta come back to Morgantown in the next couple years. Me too. And we'll throw it down. And especially now that I won't have to worry about my daughter having her first cheerleading game. I mean, remember <laughs> that? That was the whole thing. I'm like, oh, oh, how can I miss this one? Like, nah. <laughs> it was a beautiful day in Morgantown that day. Yeah, Don't worry, was, I'll get man. you. I'll get you it down was. there at some point. Three question Thursday, question number two. Arthur Motes, yesterday we were both heartbroken because after the show we both wanted to go to Burger King. Disrespect. Because we were talking about Burger King's tacos. Self-made, backstabbing. Whew. Yeah. 
Arthur Motes is a big fan of the Burger King tacos. Well, was. They don't have any more. They're R- gone R.I.P. They're gone now. Now they're, they're very similar to a jack-in-the-box taco. I had heard all these great reviews from Arthur Motes, right, about these dollar crispy tacos from mm. Burger King. So yesterday we both decided to go get them after the show, and you can't get them anymore. No more Burger King tacos. I mean, thanks a lot, Motsi. You got my hopes up here. You just crushed my spirit for a delicious, cheap fast food taco. Th- thanks a lot, Burger King. I wasted gas. I wasted time. I ended up eating Long John Silver yesterday. I was so depressed. I wasted. I was like, what am I doing? I wasted here? sanity. I mean, all kinds of things. Wifey's like, that's what you eating? Yeah, I ain't even hungry no more. But on the back <laughs> of our uh, Burger King taco disappointment from yesterday, Arthur Motes, again, a real simple question for you Your favorite chain Mexican food? It's got to be a chain. It could be fast food. It's Chipotle it be, a chain? Yeah, absolutely. It's Chipotle Mexican? Absolutely. Well, oh my God, I love Chipotle. Chipotle in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get, 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 get. See, that's where I'm going, too. Yeah. Not to Chipotle. Similar, uh, same church, different pew. And mm. you know how much I love Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. But with all due respect, it's Moe's for me. I love Moe's. Oh, the Welcome queso. Welcome The queso. No, no, I like how they got the uh, light chicken. Uh, it was the white meat chicken. Mm-hmm. And, dark and meat. adobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and mm-hmm. I like how they have the diced up jalapenos. Same That's like here. the only one that has that. Same here. Like, I don't. I don't want big jalapenos. Jalapeno bite yeah, all the time. I don't even want the circular jalapeno. I need them diced up, minced up, nice and small. But they and do then it salt there. Salt them into my yeah. burrito. Actually, I get extra. I'm like, yo, throw it on. The burritos are a monster. I usually <sighs> don't judge. I get burrito and a bowl. Nice. Yeah. I've been getting the stack lately from Moe's. You know, yeah, they got you like the, about the that. stack. Yeah, it's with like the crispy, super cheesy. Yeah, it's super cheesy, and it's mm-hmm. got the hard shell taco on the inside. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, why Moe's is good, bro? What is the what's the determining factor for you? Why Chipotle over Moe's? Because Chipotle is like Nike, Moe's is like Reebok. Like both of them are high skill. Both of them are very reputable. Oh, hold on. Maybe maybe Moe's is like Under Armour. I don't, I don't, I don't view Under Armour as like Adidas. Like when I think of Reebok, because when I first came in the league, Reebok was the the sponsor oh, for okay, Nike. I see you see what I, I mean? See so okay, like, I, I, it I'm was like they were legit. And at the time, it was Nike because the branding and everybody knows Nike. Then it was Reebok. Then from there, it was debatable Under Armour or Adidas. Right. I never liked I Under you. Armour, and I was like, I'm not a, a three strike. Yeah, guy. that's like Qdoba. Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's how I view. So when I speak of Reebok, I'm speaking of them as like second best tonight. Okay, like, I got that's, you. I got you. Even in the UFC, the UFC's main sponsor is Reebok. That's right. You see what I mean? So that's like, out when, unless you're talking soccer, a lot of the people are either going to be Nike or Reebok. or Reebok. That's how it is, man. Yeah. Even it, like even in the uh, Olympic sports and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Reebok is still very prevalent there. Yeah. I mean, shoot, JJ Watt. Let's be real. His shoes are what? Reebok. Mm-hmm. TJ, his shoes are what? Reebok. I mean, technically, Sidney Crosby is CCM. Yeah. But that's a Reebok company. Right, right. So like, like, when he started in the league, mm-hmm. he wore all Reebok stuff yeah. before they were like, we want you to wear CCM mm-hmm. for the hockey brand. And that's how I was. So, literally, my first, what, three? First, no, first two seasons of the league, mm-hmm. I wore Reebok. All Reebok. And then switched over to Nike. So, I like, s- when I speak of Reebok, Reebok is like. I yeah. hold it in high regard. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I still do not have a Reebok uh, NFL jersey. All, or sorry, Nike. All mine are still Reebok. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I told you, I haven't bought yeah. one. I, I think in 2010, I think it was, I bought okay. a Woodley jersey. And then in 11, I bought, or maybe it was 09 and 10, because wasn't yeah. 11 the start of, was 11 the start of Nike, or was it no, later? No, it was no, later uh, than that. 12. Okay. I want to say 12 was the start of Nike, because that's the, when I switched over. The yeah. last two jerseys I bought were Woodley <laughs> and uh, Troy Polamalu, and yeah. they're both they're both. Actually, Reebok. I only have two Nike jerseys, man. I have my like Nike because mm-hmm. like I always go in like I'm that dude that 
I'm gonna go buy my own jerseys just to say I supported myself. <laughs> it's something about Pump like your numbers up, baby. No, 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 no. You know they're like, man, if you uh, if you believe in yourself, you'll invest in yourself. So I always bought my own jerseys. I'm I like it. In myself, I like you know it. what I mean? I like Self-made. It. But then I have a, a Jack Ham. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to do the uh, for the intros for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. They would have us wear different throwback jerseys. Sure, obviously sure. with the team being Nike now, so the jerseys were Nike. Sure. But they would still do like the big block numbers and stuff like that. Nice. So yeah, I was there. I had got me one of those for the uh That's awesome. for the recording. I still have it. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna rock this one day, man. Heck yeah. Jack yeah. Ham, baby, you can't go wrong now. Ham ham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to get a I'll have to get a Nike a Nike NFL jersey one of these days. Yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe a TJ Watt or something. Get you know, Miles Garrett or something. Man. Something. Uh, would you stop it? Would you probably you? get you a, a Carson Wentz jersey. Stop okay, line. now you know what? <laughs> stop Bonus line. question. Stop Bonus line. question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, oh yeah, because you said you said uh, Mose. All right, we good. We good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Taco Bell would be my my mistress, obviously. Ooh, okay. Um, and then I'd probably have Chipotle third. Yeah. See, I, I'm Chipotle one. Mm-hmm. Taco Bell because I love the Diablo sauce. Oh, so good. And then so I go good. Moe's at three. Okay. Then from there, Cadoba is at four. Uh, yeah. Cudoba. Eh. I only go there when mm. it's like it's no Moe's or no Chipotle or what, no Taco Bell. What around. you need to do if you're ever in uh New Jersey or Philly. Okay. They have one that it's just there. It's called and I think there's like a couple in Iowa too. It's yeah. called Pancheros. Okay. It's a it's it's like Moe's, it's like Chipotle. Yeah. Try it if you're ever around one. Okay. It's amazing. They now, Mozi, they press the tortilla. They make the tortilla uh-huh. fresh on demand in front of you when you order. Oh, I like like that. they press the tortilla yeah. and make it so you get it and it's like hot and it's like form fitted around okay. the burrito. Now Pancheros. Is Mad Max, is that considered change? Yeah, absolutely. Is that considered Mexican? Absolutely. I mean, maybe maybe Tex Mex, but yeah, it counts in my book. I've never ate there before in my life. Are you serious? So serious. Arthur Mochi, you got a homework assignment. I've never I, I can't go right now. Let's be real. Well, no. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> but sometime in the next few weeks, get some takeout burritos or something from Mad Max. Mad Max. Is it good? Oh, it's real good. Yeah. Oh, okay. their burritos are fantastic. Because I think what gets me is when they're like, oh, it's Mad Max. That's Tex-Mex. And I'm like, well, what is Tex-Mex? Throws me off. Tex-Mex just means it's more Americanized. Like, it's got more sour cream. It's got more cheese. Isn't Taco Bell Americanized? Yeah. Heck what yeah, it is. About? Heck yeah. You want authentic Mexican, go to Chipotle. It's simple. I don't even know. Like, you know, if you want authentic Mexican, go to like Gaucho or like, you no, know no, what I mean? No, no. Like, go to Chipotle or Moe's, man. Stop it, bro. Uh, so wait, so wait. Now you made me think though with your your Miles Garrett and your Carson Wentz jokes. Bonus three question Thursday. This is Uh-oh. question uh two point five here, I guess. I'm excited. If you had to right now, Arthur Motes, with your money in the NFL, buy any jersey of a non Pittsburgh Steeler. Like if I, you know, gun to your head and made you go on NFLshop.com right now and told you you have to order a non Steelers jersey, who would it be? Easy. Get the Danucci Cowboys jersey. What are we talking about, man? (laughs) It's number one. It's Cowboys. He just wanted to backdoor into the Cowboys. (laughs) That's what it was there. He just wanted to backdoor into the Cowboys. So so if I so if I wasn't gonna get a Danucci jersey, you know, I would probably go. Can it be a former teammate? It can be whoever, as long as they don't currently or have never played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, so you switched up to never because I was just, I was just get a wobble jersey. All right, but um, oh yeah, you know, I'll let you go with that. That's fair. I let you, you know go for with the that culture, one. for the culture. That's fair, and I know you're a big Eagles fan. Yeah, not, not but I, I do like the the dark green jersey. Like was it the Kelly green? Yeah, I yeah. know they need to bring those back. I know, man. Like if they could do that, or when they do like the the super like it's like a dark. They have like a dark like green. a black. Yeah, it's, it's like, almost like, like a black. Yeah. It looks like yeah. That one as well. So Those if I had to nice. get one, I would get that as a Hargrave. Even yeah. he, I mean, I don't really like the seventy numbers for jerseys. I agree. It's weird unless it's like seventy five. It's, it's seventy five. Yeah. yeah, and it has to be seventy five Pittsburgh. Otherwise, it's like right, uh, it's right, a stink. right. Yeah, but other than that, man, that that'd probably be it. I'm trying to think who else. 
I think I would get. I think I'd get a Von Miller and orange Broncos jersey. Yeah, well, you got that Denver nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I know, and that's the. I like. I would if if Khalil Mack were still on the Raiders, that would be the easy answer because you know you know I love the Raiders jerseys. I want to. I need a reason to get a Raiders jersey, but I don't have a Bo Jackson one maybe from back in the day. Connection out there, man. See, I would need a Tim Brown. Yeah. You know whose jersey I'd probably rock right now, too, honestly? Oh. I'm going to Tyron Matthew Chiefs jersey. Mm. Oh, you know who I would get? A Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah, the that, powder. Or would absolutely. you go off-white? You like no, no, those no. off-whites? I like the off-white, but they're pow- I like the Rams off-white. I like no, their right, powder. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so I would go with their powder, and he's from the crib, 757, man. That's the homie, so I'd have to go support him. And yeah. this transitions nicely into three-question Thursday, question number three. Ooh. Folks, we didn't plan this today. But Arthur Motes and I both showed up to the show we today did. wearing soccer kits. We did. We're wearing our soccer jerseys. Shout Motes out to the homie CJ Sapong, His, uh, his man. Chicago, Chicago Fire, his Fire JMU man. boy. I've got on the Manchester United Cristiano Ronaldo jersey because Man U plays at 315 and today. see, my boy played yesterday morning, man. I totally blew it. Wore the jersey the day later, so it was all so good. So you should have seen Motes and I. We laughed today when we both yeah. when we, when we rocked out here both like, wearing, our, both wearing our, our, our soccer kits, our footy kits here Yo, today. Mate, you know. So, Arthur Motz, I just want to know, I want the people to know, what was the first sports jersey you ever owned, or at least that you mm. remember being old enough to own and wear? So, I actually bought them both at the exact same time. It's so funny. I, I got just, yeah. the same thing. I would say I don't have just one. I have two at the exact same time. And it would have been a Denver Nuggets Carmelo Anthony jersey, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the like, sky blue 15. Mm-hmm. And then I had the LeBron James, the burgundy Cleveland Cavaliers one. Ooh. Yeah. So what, you would have been, yeah. what, probably a teenager? Yeah, I was probably 13. Was it 13, 14? I was, like, in high school time frame when this happened. Okay. Yeah, so I had both of those jerseys. Man, I literally bought them at the same time. I had, I had a pair of white uh, I had a pair of white Air Jordan 2 low tops. Okay. And I remember, like, I would wear them. Because the reason I got jersey. the shoes because it was white, I'm like, I can go with both of the yeah. jerseys. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Those nah, Nuggets jerseys were sweet, too. They were. And it was like the Mitchell and Ness one, too. So it was like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. You they, still have those now? Bro. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think bro. I touched a nerve. Something happened in college? Or... No, nothing happened. I had gave girlfriend away, though, <laughs> Speaking of that, I actually I have one shirt that ha- did go missing after a, a very unique breakup, and I'm a little upset about it. I never yep. reached back out to the person. I just figured I cut my losses. At least I ain't lose anything else. Yep. So it was all good. But yeah, man, I had, I had the two jerseys. I gave them away. This would have been my senior year of college. Gave them away to my younger cousin at the time. You know, say so he was doing, he was doing well. He was going through stuff. I'm like, bro, I'm proud of you, man. Here, you can have my two favorite jerseys. Nice, no trip. nice. And now I'm like, I kind of wish I had those. Hey, cuz, what up? For the <laughs> for the nostalgia element, can, can, can I get that can back? I, can I get that back? <laughs> can I get that back? As long as it wasn't because of you know a breakup nah, or something. Nah, nah, nah. But I do I, have, like I said, I have one shirt that did go missing, and I'm to this day, I think of it daily, and I'm a little upset about it. It was. But in my sophomore year of college, my first spring ball, because you know that you come as a freshman, you don't play spring ball. Right. Sophomore year of college at JMU, we were like, hey, we're going to do the defense versus offense. Whoever wins, you get these shirts that say defense runs the spring. You know what I mean? Or With the offense JMU runs the offense. spring. Nice. Yeah, so it was nice. like a big deal. Like sure. All our summer workouts, <clears throat> excuse me, summer, all our winter workouts, we would tally like, okay, who has more guys showing up offensive defense? Did anyone come late to a workout? Did anyone miss a workout? All these things leading up. The game happens. Great opportunity. It's my first game, from, like I said, first spring game, my first time playing since I had a surgery. Okay. Season ended. Right, so it was right. kind of like good to get back out there. 
make me some plays in there. Man, had a dope play where I was able to display, like, okay, I'm back, back, I'm Let's good. Let's go. We get the shirts. It was good. Love this shirt. Oh, no. It was awesome. I know where this is going. <sighs> then at my younger age, you know, had a entanglement. Uh-huh. And then from there. Is that what they call it these days? That's that's what I'm hearing. That's what the young kids, cool kids call an entanglement. Okay. okay. Had an entanglement. And after that, you know, yeah, the shirt just magically disappeared. Ugh. Never saw it again. Ugh. And to this day, I'm always like, should I go Facebook stock this person and see if they drop this? If they, if I see this shirt in any like picture. store or yeah, like, 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 I know you're going to sub, tweet something, sub, sub, post something. That I need to know. Where's my shirt? <laughs> Only so, you knew about this shirt. I'm that, mad. That reminds me. One of my buddies, Mike, and he might be listening right now. Him and his him and his father, uh, they run a pizza shop in Wexford, and they put the show on a lot. Mm. One of my buddies, Mike, uh, last last year, him and his longtime girlfriend broke up. Mm. Right? Oh, it and hurts. he and he got back home. He was living in uh, Providence at the time. He's he's back here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He was living in Providence at the time. <laughs> He was working for the Providence Bruins, I believe. Ooh, okay, uh, the, the 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 you know the Boston Bruins minor league affiliate, yeah. and he got back home from work, and his Phil Kessel jersey, his Phil Kessel oh! Penguins jersey, was gone from his closet. Baby, don't do it. And he's like, I know she took it, but like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, man, you're supposed to go back to her house and kick the door down. But see, that that's the problem when you know they have it. Yeah, like I know exactly who the person is that has yep. the shirt. Yep. You the only one who knew what the shirt was. <laughs> you you know what the shirt meant to me. That's why you took it. <sighs> but yeah. Just tear your heart out. Come on. It's, it's only two people that have ever so confiscated something on the way out. Mellow <laughs> and Braun were your first jerseys. Yeah. And that was, what, 2003? 2004? No, no. Would have been would have been three? Yeah. Because I was like high school, yeah, because I graduated in 06. So yeah. Okay. Got to be oh three oh four for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine was Christmas nineteen ninety eight. Mm. Arthur Motes. Okay. It was a. It was a, the, the first jersey I ever bought with my own money was San Antonio yeah. Holmes Steelers jersey. I right, think right. I've said that on the show before. It's part of why I got such a soft spot for San Antonio. Tone time. But uh, ninety eight was a good Christmas for your boy. I got two jerseys. Arthur Motes. Age seven. I was. I was almost eight. You know, a couple weeks big away from time, eight years old. Big time. I got a WVU famous Amos Zaraway jersey. Of okay, course. Okay. And I got a Denver Broncos John Elway jersey. Of course you got. Those are the two. Those are the two jerseys I asked for Christmas. Those are the two jerseys I asked for Christmas, and I got them both for my uh, 1998, seven years old on Christmas. So yeah, famous Amos Zaraway WVU jersey and a John Elway blue Broncos jersey. Uh, the new blue ones with the with the orange stripes up the side. As soon as I they love those. as those soon as they dope, switch yeah. to those. Uh, my my mom mom's hooked it up and uh, and got me those both for Christmas. So that was three question Thursday. That was fun. Good. That was good list today. It was even though you got me up here talking about my. Ex, <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I was in Marvin's room with Drake. God dog. Hey. I'm just saying. Now I'm over here thinking about better. that shirt. I'm like, bro, I really miss my GMU. We run the spring defense shirt. Like, dude, that was my shirt. Then I also got a DVD that's missing. That was from a different entanglement. But I'm mad about that, too. <laughs> Tell me, have you heard that lately? You knew that was my DVD. I'm just saying How dare you, you take could it? do better. You just going to take my DVD like I ain't know? Like, I don't know where you... I know where you stay. And I'll stop hating as soon as I get my DVD back. I just want a DVD back on my shirt. That's it. <laughs> it ain't even... The, it wasn't even a Blu-ray DVD. It was a regular DVD. <laughs> but it's the principle. It's just the principle It's the principle, man. It's just the principle yeah. of it. You don't take another man's DVDs. You do not. 
you, you don't take a man's JMU spring. We run the defense. I mean, defense run the spring shirt either, man. You just don't do those things, man. Don't do that. I, I tell you what, it's Arthur Mugs. It's not real. Just, you know, I uh, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to hurt some people. Mm-hmm. All right? I'll never mm-hmm. ask you about it again. Mm-hmm. You can never ask me about this. Mm-hmm. I just need to know whose car we're taking. Straight like that, man. <laughs> like, jeez. All right, we got to pay the bills one more time here. One more commercial break. On the other side, you know how we wrap up. It's with your tweets. So get them in. Last chance, knuckleheads. At Wesley Euler at the body 52. <gasps> the body. Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Without further ado, let's get to the tweets here as we wrap up the show. Arthur Motes, our guy Gregory out in California, you know, he's always got the... California! Knows how to party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Knows how to ask the good questions. Westside. So he broke this down, all right? So before taxes, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to make almost $137,000 per day once his nice. new deal kicks in. He's going to make Arthur Motes over $5,700 per hour once his new contract kicks in. Gregory wants to know, how does that make you guys feel? <laughs> broke, Gregory. Broke, oh, broke, man. Broke, Su- man. Super broke. broke. Super broke, bro. But I'm happy for him, man. Anytime you're able to see the next wave of guys get paid, the next wave of guys continue to just push the brand of the NFL forward, man, I'm always a big, big, you know, backer of that. So that part of me I do like. <laughs> Smells like broken here. <laughs> uh, Thrash says, how ironic would it be if Bud Dupree had a great season and Tampa Bay signs him? Shaq Barrett has an okay season, and the Steelers pick him up on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to pull out my uh, angels in the outfield. Uh, it could happen. Yeah. Thrash also says, uh, Thrash Metal Dad had me rocking a Cordell Stewart jer- jersey when I was four or five. That was my first jersey, the Slash jersey. That's a good one. Can never go wrong with Slash, baby. Uh, Richard also says uh, he would get a white Aaron Donald Rams jersey. For his non, you know, I thought about the, the the Aaron Donald. I think the nine nine is a clean look, and he obviously is a pit guy, so that would be kind of dope. Don Juan says his top ten. He goes TJ, Miles Garrett, Chandler Jones, Cam Jordan, Joey Bosa, Shaq Barrett, uh, Danielle Hunter, Khalil Mack, Nick Bosa, and Frank Clark. That's his top ten. I don't hate that. I'd I'd have Nick Bosa. Much higher than nine, though. I think that's yeah. I think that's my only grievance there, Don Juan. But, hey, he's only done it one year, so maybe you want to see him do it again. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, last one we got here. Oh, boy, Arthur Motes. This is a good one from King Dussy. He wants to know, in your guys' opinion, who is the biggest loss in terms of a player in Steelers history? Personally, he says it's Lev Bell. Hmm... Biggest loss. Hmm. Biggest loss for the player or for the Steelers? I think for the Steelers is what he uh, meant there. Yeah. I mean, for the player, Lev Bell's definitely a really uh, good one there. I'll probably go AB right now. Yeah. It's been a major drop-off. For both for both parties. Yes. yes. 
for both parties. Yeah, you know what's funny too? I'm going to say Rod Woodson too, just because mm. we, we had to go on to watch him win a ring with those guys. Ugh. Those those purple those oh I don't uh, I don't even want to talk about it Mozi don't you say that I don't want to talk about it come on it's a family friendly radio man <laughs> Arthur Motes, that'll do it for today's show that was fun good stuff today thanks to everybody for chiming in on the twitter.com thanks to our buddy Brian Batko uh, for uh, for joining us as he always does that'll do it today yeah, wrap up the week tomorrow. Same time, high noon, and as always, on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.